Okay. Hi, Kristen. Oh, hi. Hey, hi, how you doing? Hey, guys. Hello. And um, let, let me start out making a comment, okay? Thank you, thank you, thank you so much because it's really given me a little bit of a purpose to go on in retirement. And, um, you know, it's just great. We opened a lot of doors. So, um, so just thank you for letting me in and, you know, discuss your career and stuff like that. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, um, it's she and David really that, that brought you in because we only knew each other a little bit through Ben and, uh, you know, on, on uh, Facebook, but uh, up in Queens and, but so you graduated from Syracuse and, you know, you got your equity card while you were doing, um, bye bye birdie at, at the, at the Goodman theater. Good speed. Good speed. Good yeah. speed. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, that's okay. Um, so what advice would you give someone who thinks they may lose out on opportunities if they don't go to school in the city? Or in the state. Oh, meaning in New York City? New York City, yeah. So I'm born and raised in Queens, and I was looking at colleges obviously all over, although now it's even crazier than it was when I was applying, because when I was applying, there was maybe, you know, 1,200 applicants to each school but now i can only imagine how many applicants there are um but i was doing the whole you know college round and um it came down it's so funny because it came down to like nyu penn state and syracuse those were the ones that had sort of the best financial aid and sort of the top schools that i was looking at and um i basically narrowed it down to nyu or syracuse and i sort of said well, I'm going to be in New York City, hopefully the rest of my life, in a career in theater. <laughs> so I kind of wanted, I wanted the college experience, like the true college experience where, you know, you're hanging out with, you know, theater people, non-theater people, you know, so it just, uh, and I had the best time. I really like, you really end up where you're supposed to be and I, I have, hard time trusting that too but like it was so wonderful and I've I've gotten so many jobs because of the connections that I've made at Syracuse but also just like I've had you know I've made so many friends and um I just say that you're not I will say about Syracuse I did drive down every, every so often and audition which is how I got by by birdie but um it's not the end of like if if you don't go to school in New York City you're gonna end up in New York City if you want to do a career in theater. So mm -hmm. for four years, you know, if you're out of the city, it's not a big deal. You know, might as well stay in a conservatory and really invest and learn. Um, right, because yeah. I mean, there are so many amazing schools and conservatories around the United States. Did, United did, States but, but it's just like, you know, people have that <laughs> mindset. It's kind of like that Broadway or bust mindset that we, we did, so much did, not to like, um, you know, it's not it's not always because there's so many amazing regional theaters around around the United States. So so it's like it's just it's, it's so it's it's nice to hear that perspective. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's also like other people who never even go to college. And I mean, Sutton Foster, I read her book. It's amazing. She wow. was saying, literally she went to Carnegie Mellon for a year and then dropped out. And wow two-time tony award-winning you know she did okay for herself yeah she did okay for herself so there's no real path and you can't compare you can't look to your right or your left and say you know well i have to do it that exact way it's, it's really trusting that you're on your own path and you're on your own journey looking back on your on your um evolution and development as a performer as a theater artist what was if you remember, what was sort of the range of musicals and plays that were on your radar before you went to college versus now? I, I don't even know. I just sort of like, when I, when I went into college, I just, I knew that I was up against some intense talent. I just knew that at, that when I went to New York, because I had lived in New York, I just knew the caliber of talent that was in New York. And I just, I don't necessarily think there were shows that I, that I was eyeing as opposed to let me be the best dancer I can be. Let me be the best singer I can be. Let me be the best actor. Let me push myself, you know, 
make this tuition go as far as it can. Um, and then when I moved to New York, it was just, when I moved back to New York, it was just like, I'm, okay, so if the algorithm is, you have to audition to get a job, and it's really hard to get a job, then let me just audition for every single thing I see, and one of them will hit. <laughs> That's sort of how it was. It was like, okay, I'll do this, I'll do two auditions this day, three, three auditions that way, that day, you know, it was just like, if the like the algorithm is the more you do, the more your chances of getting a job. And so then Jersey was hit. Like I had no idea. I had no possible thought that I was going to be cast in Jersey Boys. I went to the open dance call because I literally wanted to learn the choreography. I had gotten to the point where I got to the point where I had so many, you know, you audition for so much and <clears throat> you get so much rejection. <laughs> so there was tons of no callbacks or I get a callback and nothing. And I just was at the point like, this is ridiculous. I'm just gonna go in and I'm gonna wanna, I just wanna learn this choreography. Like, let me make the most of my day and learn choreography from Jersey Boys on Broadway. So I went and I did the dance call and then I got a callback and then another one and another one and like seven callbacks later, I was offered the job. So like, you never really know. You never really know. I mean, some people can be very strategic, but at that point in my life, I I just wanted to go in for anything. Uh, whereas now, it's a little bit more specific because you start to sort of uh, mold your career and make different choices based on um, career motives, yeah. I guess. I didn't mention that Syracuse also does the last semester in New York City. Oh, which is huge they do the last semester in new york city and you're getting introduced to casting directors and directors are coming in so i, I didn't mention that but yeah the last semester senior year you're in new york city mm -hmm. so while i was in classes i was also auditioning and i think that there's something to say like you bring in class what you're going to audition for the next day and then you, you know what i'm saying like you just learn yeah. by doing but yeah i completely agree like there was no there was no, I have to get this job. It was just like, I wanna learn this choreography and and I wanna go in for as many things as I can. Cause I was new to the city and casting people didn't know me yet. So I just was like, let me go in for everything. What's the difference? You've done some additional stuff. I was on YouTube last night. And what did I see you do at, um, at uh, the green room? I saw oh, yeah. you, I saw you do, let's see. It's all coming back to me. And um, and so much better. Is that yes. the other one? Yeah, I did the green room as a solo show uh, just because I I just wanted to sing what I wanted to sing and I wanted to do my own thing. And so that was really, really wonderful. But yes, the I've done a couple things outside of Jersey Boys because they I've been in and out of Jersey Boys for a while. So I was on the tour for a little bit for a year and then I left. I did a show in Montana uh, and then Jersey Boys Off-Broadway called me, hey, can you come in for two months? Because Rachel Schur just was, she left her contract early to do Chicago. And so they needed someone to fill in the two months. But Amanda was already come, but Amanda was already slated to be the new Lorraine. Amanda so, Delacruz. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they called me in for those two months which was huge for me, like making my New York debut in Jersey Boys, like such a such a full circle moment from doing it on the tour to like always wanting to do it in New York and then getting to do it in New York. But um, it was only for two months. So the second I got there, it was already seeing the end of the contract, you know? And similarly to Chris Stevens only being at Jersey Boys for like two days, it was just like, yeah. wow. it, it was this bittersweet of, Oh my gosh, let me let me embrace this moment, but also like I have to think ahead and I have to have a job come December. <laughs> so I was auditioning, I can't even tell you how many auditions I had like during that time. And it was really, it was really stressful because it was my first time performing in New York. There's a little bit more pressure because you know people in the audience, you know the theater community, everyone's coming to see you, but then you have like two auditions a day before the show. So it was exhausting. And it was just all I wanted was kind of what everyone else had, which was this open ended contract, yeah. you know, 
but I, but I was only contracted for the two months. And so I had to sit in my gratitude and just say, thank you for even this opportunity. So then I left, I ended up booking ever after, which might be slated to come into New York at some point. It's uh, based off of the uh, movie with Drew Barrymore. Yes. Yeah. It was so wonderful. Like I was sharing the stage with Rachel York, like Sierra Boggess. I just like, I ended up going on for Sierra because I was her understudy. Like she was, it was, it was the most incredible experience I think I've ever had truly. I mean, it was so working from a musical from the ground up and like just being on stage with these huge names and just sort of stepping into, oh, I am your equal. That's like a first, you know what I mean? So, uh, but then, um, so then that happened. And then, and then I did a production of Legally Blonde in Hilton Head, which was great. Wow. Okay. Shortly after it was fall 2019, Jersey Voice came back around and they were like, hey, do you want an open-ended contract? And I was like, wow. oh my God. Well, so that was like- Audition, anything, you just- they were No, like, I did not because I was already, I had already done the show and, and I had already- wow. like, Yeah, wow. so- Kristen is offer only, okay? <laughs> well, sorry. No, but, uh, <laughs> but then, so it was, I think I joined back in November of 2019. Right. And then March, 2020, it was done. So- Sure. Yeah, I think. The well, let, let, let me ask you, G and David know this a lot better than I do. But when you're talking an open-ended contract, does it, isn't that six months generally or a year? So it's basically a four-week out, I believe. I believe. So what it do, what the company does is, hey, just give us four months, four weeks notice, and no and no strings attached. Basically, it- like let's say I was to get a new Broadway show coming in. I would just give them a month's notice. Hey, I'm leaving July 1st. You know, no no hard feelings. You're good. Is the converse also true? Can they give you four weeks notice and say, that's it? Oh, gosh. I don't know. That's not something I want to think about. <laughs> so um, did you play Francine at one point on tour? There's a pic of you on Instagram in the Francine track dress for Boyfriend where you were in the middle. Yes. So when we first joined the tour, I actually sang Boyfriend's Back. As Lorraine. I was Lorraine singing Boyfriend's Back. Wow. Yes. So, so crazy. I just, just graduated college and they, they call me in for the swing. I don't know if it was Francine yet. I think they were still figuring out the tracking because it was not a production tour anymore. It was a CETA tour. So everything changed. Um, and they called me in for the swing and I basically auditioned with 70 pages of sides. It was just crazy. Cause I did Francine, Mary and Lorraine, all those sides I had to do. And then they ultimately narrowed it down to Lorraine. And then I don't know, they just had the, they switched, they, that was the original track on the tour. And uh, Rachel was Lorraine off Broadway and she also sang Boyfriend's Back. Yeah. And then they switched the tracking. I think they, and then they originally were like, and then, and then eventually they were like, we wanted to go back to the original, which is the Francine, which like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, because yeah, I mean, I don't know. They switched the tracking after I left and. I don't remember that. So, so thank you so much again for Tristan and Howard for coming on for part two. Um, Oh, thank you. Of course. So Tristan, we got to get to know a little bit about your, like, like just what got you into theater and what your experience was like in college. And I have to say, I loved, yeah. I loved your perspective going in, like when you were auditioning for, for, for programs, because like, as you were saying, like, like, when you're a kid in, in high school, either like you could be what, what could be known as like a Broadway, like elitist, you know, it's like when you know everything, like every word to every show I was, or yeah, it's just very was, well-versed. But and so so well, depends who you like who you are. <laughs> also, if you just know that you love the craft and you know that you want to do this, but not exactly know why yet, 
that's why yeah. you go to college and that's why right. you, like you learn new things. So I, I, I really appreciate that perspective because for me, for example, you know, I try to get my, like my feet wet, like in every part of the entertainment industry, you know, with film yeah. and, and Broadway, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I, I feel, I'm almost 26 and I feel like shit because I don't know everything. And I thought that I would have oh. either when I was younger or I would know it by now. That's um, right. You are. Birthday's coming up. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Howard. Um, yeah, so, but, so I, I just I just love that, that you wanted to do it just for the craft and not because, like, because of course you were a fan and a super fan, but not because yeah. like, you felt like, like there was like an entitlement. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, well, right. I know all this stuff, and it's like, some people feel that way. Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. before before I went to, before I went, before I got to college, or even like a, a little bit in high school, like, I would, I, 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 I wouldn't listen to like the contemporary Broadway scores. I was all about, oh, uh, Man of La Mancha, Sound mm-hmm. of Music, that's it. And like, I remember the, I, I was just so like, not hip with the, with the newer stuff. I mean, um, it really is so interesting how the theater has been shifting over the years, what it was, um, what it was even before the pandemic and now what it is currently and what shows are coming in. Um, you had Man of La Mancha, these classical shows with you know Andrew Lloyd Webber, these intricate, um, I mean, talking about Music Man, there. I think it might be, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it might be the first show on Broadway right now in 2022, like the only show on Broadway 2022 that does not have any electronic musicians. It's live, live trumpets, live clarinets, like string quartet, like all of that. Um, Whereas right now you see shows like Six, and you know, once upon a one more time's coming in, and and Juliet's coming in these very pop, um, rock, techno sort of shows that are coming in, and um, you know, definitely things have evolved, and especially us as actors, we have to evolve with the times. Um, I saw MJ on Wednesday, right after we had our, yeah, <laughs> right, after, yeah, right after we had our, and um, you know something that I took away was, well, what they included in the show was just how MJ in the 80s, you know, he he was a singer since he was young with his family in the Jackson Fives, but um, he sort of took a moment and looked around him and said, no, this, the the industry is changing and I need to change with it or I'm going to be left behind, you know? And so he sort of, that's how he stayed current. And almost that's how he stayed ahead of other artists, I would say, just because times change and you have to evolve with them. And so it is interesting how, you know, when we were in college or in high school, it was totally a different canon than what it was in 2020. And then now with all of this movements, what it has become now and what it's going to be in the future. There, there was a, I mean, American Psycho was an EDM. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Sure. I never saw that. I, I never, never saw, saw that. either. Um, the only it's thing, crazy. I mean, it, 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 was, it was very, very short-lived, unfortunately. Um, I mean, I went to go see six. There's four musicians on stage, you know, doing everything. I mean, even Jersey Boys, if you could tell, everything is, is electronic just because the small space small space yeah you have so they can actually con- it's actually works out for every you know it's the best best scenario i mean i know on broadway i think they had three live drum sets remember i don't know if you saw uh, it was, it was it on one of the drums on stage yeah. there were two on Crazy. stage and yeah well, yeah he's a drummer he, he's he, a drummer yeah actually but, uh, yesterday on instagram he was asking for requests on drumming and i yeah and i asked him for wipeout by the safaris you remember that oh he'll definitely do that (laughs) yeah uh but no we the whole band the drums are electronic i guess so that garrett on sound can literally maneuver so that the mix is just super fluid and like yeah yeah. How did you like MJ? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Gary oh. Newberg saw it on Wednesday too and just loved it. He I just loved, loved it. it. 
Yeah. I didn't stop smiling. I didn't stop dancing. Actually, what I found out yesterday with Ben Brooks, our company manager, is that Michael David, who's the executive producer yes, of Jersey Boys, of course, is one of the producers of wow. MJ. Wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. right? It's such that's a small gonna world. Be around for a, that's going to be around for a while. Did you get to see John Edwards from Jersey Boys? I did get to see him, and I actually went with CJ, and I turned to CJ, and I said, hey, that's John Edwards. He was in Jersey Boys. I'm a big fan of John Edwards. Me too. I've seen him in Smokey Joe's Cafe. Me too. I, um, he's really spectacular to watch. And um, he's like probably one of the most fan-friendly when with Jersey uh, Boys... He probably gave me about five or six tours backstage, you know, with friends and relatives that wow. I brought in. Really, I heard he was terrific, though. Gary said He's he was terrific in he, he, he And he was in the, on the uh, cover of the New York, or not the cover, but a picture in the New York Times. There's really no one in the cast because, so there's this huge dance ensemble, which I haven't seen dancing like this on Broadway since Hamilton, truthfully. And it's this crazy mixture of like Hamilton hip hop, street jazz with wicked ballet modern. So Whoa. like the dancers are, they can do everything. But then you have these singer tracks in the show, but also have to dance. Like John Edwards would be considered one, he was one of the Jackson Fives and right, he was sort of the ensemble, uh, a singing ensemble, but um he was dancing too. So there's not one person in the cast who isn't singing and moving and dancing. It was, it was really spectacular. The, the only disappointment that Gary said, and maybe it was because it was between shows, they had quite a crowd at the stage door and the only one that came out was the lead. Well, so I'm, surprised that, I'm surprised that anyone came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised that anyone came I know. Out. Well, that's what I was going to say. I know. I wish that we could do backstage tours. I literally, I'm a huge advocate of that too. Whenever I had friends of friends of friends even come, I say, please yeah. reach out because I remember when I would go see shows, it was like the most special thing to see backstage. I mean, I had friends in tons of Broadway shows and when I go see them, I be like, can you take me backstage? You know, it's just like this magical experience, but we're not, I mean, I don't, I don't foresee us being able to do that for a really long time. Yeah. bringing people backstage and he's right where i mean new world stages we have this sort of like secret exit but exactly. i don't think especially in fall and winter of 2021 and 2022 like we're definitely not allowed to kind of interact do, do most of the theaters though have um secret exits in case people don't want to come out of the stage door uh, I, know, so. I I know so the there the majestic there's there's this one exit that like has like an alley in the middle that mm. you can there's like a like three or four different Broadway theaters if you don't want to exit there's like a there's even a different exit for New World stages I is I, it on Forty Fifth Street the exit no it's no it's still on Forty Ninth I don't know how you get to it. It's still on 49th, but it's a little bit more down. But I know there's another. Well, most of the time, most of the time you're exiting on, the, the actors are exiting on fifth, no, 49th. 49th, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, most so of them, I don't know. 49th, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know how to get to it, but I know, I know it exists. No, they, they do so have, they do have some, if I can give you a quick story, and I don't think she's going to mind this. Christine Spornick, the, um, the comedian, do you know who she is? She's a friend of Daniel Riker. Anyhow, she was in a catered affair uh, with Matt Scott. Um, do you remember that? That was in 2008. And I had known Christine, uh, not, not real well, but I knew she was. And I brought a bunch of friends with me. Pam was there. Wanda was there. Gary was there. And, um, you know, I emailed her and copied everybody. Christine, could you come out and see us and stuff? And one of the people answered back, who the H is Christine Vornick? And uh, she didn't come out. And I think it's because she got annoyed by the, by the comments. She said, no, no, no. She forgot about it, et cetera. But, um, but you, you never know. never hit reply all. That's the lesson. Never hit reply all. The worst one yeah. was Derek, Derek Huff when he was on Broadway. And that's when I was with Priscilla, who loved Derek Huff. 
and I and Priscilla and maybe about a hundred other people waving outside into the state store, and that was way before the pandemic, and um, he didn't come out. What so, show was Eric Buss in? Dancing with the Stars. No, no, no. But what show was he in on Broadway? Oh my gosh. I'm, you know something, I'm not going to remember. I'm just not going to remember. I, you know, my memory, my, just like the drowsy chaperone. I, I, I saw that and I, I just, the only one I remember is George Angle is Mrs. Tottendale. I don't even remember the plot. So. Tristan, do you remember, do you remember, are there any stage door experiences when you were growing up that stand out to you? Like any big stars that you got to meet? Oh or? my gosh. Um, I just, I remember seeing um, Broadway in Bryan Park mm. and uh, I had oh, just we, seen- We got to talk about that too. Oh my we gosh. Talk about that, I, but. Huge circle, huge full circle for me. But um, I remember I was 12 and I saw Broadway in Bryan Park and I had just seen Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. uh, not, I saw, I did see it with Laura, what did you um, oh, um, what's her name? I think I saw it with Laura Bell Bundy. Laura Bell Bundy. But, but her replacement just came in. Haley, I think her name was. Right? Haley Swindell? Let me, let me look up. Oh, gosh. It's okay. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, anyway, she, uh, she was so, I have a picture with her and um, she was so sweet and just, I just couldn't stop staring at her. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm pretty much like everyone's number fan, number one fan. Yes. <laughs> I literally one just. Fan. Yes. Oh, thank you. So now, yeah. so now, flash forward, performing at Broadway and Bryan Park with Jersey Boys. Go. So, uh, it was a full circle moment. So I'm born and raised in Queens, and my mom is a huge theater person, and um, we would always go to Broadway and Bryan Park just because all the shows would be there. And so um, you could see so many performances or previews of shows yeah. uh, before actually seeing them. And it was also in the gorgeous, grassy, beautiful, scenic Bryan Park, which I love. Um, and I had just joined the company. I was on that two month contract which I was telling you last time. And uh, I just joined the I just joined the company and they were performing in Broadway in Bryan Park. And I was just, it was so cool. It was so cool. And, you know, because at that point, you know, you, yes, it's so amazing for you, but also me being like super fangirl of everyone, you're looking to your right and your left and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm with these incredible performers. So it just was a, Oh my gosh, I'm here moment. You know. What was the yeah. I mean, what was the rehearsal process like? I mean Yeah, getting your Yeah. Uh yeah, so we um so the set for Brian Park was uh the big 3. Mm -hmm. I think we did Boyfriends Back. No, maybe we did, but we did uh Who Loves You, Oh What a Night the big three yeah. and um obviously that doesn't that's not what happens in the show everything doesn't happen one after the other so we had rehearsals just to and diana barger is our dance captain and she's she is doing incredible things at new world stages i mean she is truly she has director choreographer hat on 24 7 like she's really killing it um but yeah she pretty much redid the, you know, made sure that everything was consecutive and it was great. And, uh, and then we performed and it was a gorgeous sunny day. Uh, and yeah, it all, it all came together. What happens when it rains? Oh gosh, I have no idea. I would has assume it, that they canceled. Probably. I mean, I think they'd probably reschedule for a different date. Mm -hmm. They're usually on Tuesdays, I think. Oh, in is, September. Been, yeah, I've never been. I, oh, I, you'll have to go. Yeah, I've been you'll to, have to go. Brought, uh, brought like the 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 when they do it at the shops at Columbus Circle. Oh yes, I, absolutely. Yeah. What is it called? Broadway at the shops or something? Yep. Um, yeah. On like the third floor or second floor, yeah, they do it with exactly. the stage. Yep. Yeah, he went. Yeah. Rachel Chase there. Yeah, she she she, she was doing some Chicago. Cause I live, I live right there. I live very close. 
So oh, I could just, wow. I, I just walked, I, so she posted, she posted that she was going to be doing some Chicago stuff this past year in the end of 2021. So I went and checked her out. It was really cool. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. I, I, the Broadway community, I mean, people supporting Broadway coming back in the fall of 2021 was so wonderful. I mean, it was, you know, during the pandemic, there were so many, you know, when are we going back? So much doubt. And it's so funny because I was talking to my mom and she was like, when theater comes back, it's going to be the biggest thing that New York has seen in a really long time. And it really was. We, you know, I mean, the opening night at Jersey Boys was like everything you could have imagined, right? Electric. Yeah. It was electric. I mean, I had never had an opening night in New York. And so the reopening was, you know, the sticker on the playbill, the gifts in the audience, Des and Sergio and the producers being there. I mean, it was, it was really spectacular. I mean, casting ended up coming, Mary Sugarman came, like it was, it was a pretty big deal. And, you know, Jess came back to redo most of the costumes. I mean, I remember sending him an email right after we opened and saying, thank you so much for making me feel, you know, because Jersey Boys had been going on for so long that by the time I got into the show, I was given this and given that. And, you know, I was just, you know, I was filling the slot and I had everyone else's costumes kind of, you know, nothing was necessarily built for me as an original cast member would have had a costume built for them. But when Jess came in, he just took such care and detail. I mean, down to the earring, down to the small little piece of earring on my ear, whether it was a pearl or a a jewel or a diamond, like the specificity made me feel you know, oh, I am being taken, like I'm being taken care of and what I wear and what I look like matters, you know, even down to like just being waitress number one, you know, it was like, so I wrote him an email and I was just like, thank you so much for making me feel valued and, and taken care of because, you know, if you don't feel comfortable in what you wear, I mean, in, even in everyday life, but on stage when you're in front of 500 people it's like if you don't feel comfortable in your clothing and you don't feel good in what you wear how can you present your best self so it was like this huge it was really like the opening night in new york was just fantastic so in november of 2017 I think it was similar. Bob Gordio yeah. was there. And you know, it's funny. I don't know that a lot of people recognize Bob Gordio. And I, Judy Parker had just passed away, in fact. Oh. Um, but but Bob was standing alone for a while there. And um, that, was, that was very interesting. I think we talked last time that Nick Massey Jr. was there opening night this time. Oh, wow. So, and you know, he was really, really touched. I mean, he's a really, really nice guy anyway. Um, yeah. But, you know, very humble, down to earth, but he was really touched. He really, really felt that Jonathan did a nice job portraying his dad. Yeah. Jonathan is also, we call him Cable. Yeah. He's really, he's really spectacular. I mean, have you interviewed him? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. His story is really, I mean, he's totally the underdog. I mean, he was swing number whatever on the tour of the in 2017 and he just was quiet patient professional uh he did his job he showed up to work with a smile on his face like he did two years on the tour and then kind of left the tour and then jersey boys in new york asked him to join as a swing uh did he i forget if he played nick on the second I think he played Nick on the second tour. He did. Okay. Cause I wasn't uh, there on that, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like totally, you know, to- so he was a swing. Then he bumped up to Nick and then Jersey boys in New York was like, Hey, can you come back for, we, we need you as a swing. Talk about like no ego. You know, he just was like, yeah, I'll do it. Which I am a firm believer of like, Hey, just work. And there are opportunities to come from just working, you know? Um, cause so many people can get their ego in the way of like, I'm not doing that. I'm, you know what I'm saying? And he was like, great, I'll do it. 
came in, was a swing, and then when the Nick Nasty slot opened, he just was so wonderful and, and they offered him Nick. And so it's this beautiful story of like consistency and patience and being a good person and a good worker. And like now he's Nick Nasty in Jersey Boys. Well, so you'll definitely have to interview him because he has, I'm sure he has tons of stories. You have explained something to me just now though. Johnny Wexler calls him Cable. He doesn't call him Jonathan. And I always wondered about that. And someone who, as you, wished me a happy birthday. And we talked a little bit. I mean, talked on Facebook. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but you've explained now why Johnny calls him Cable. And um, I've, I've given him the name Jonathan Premier Cable. I don't know if he likes that or not. But <laughs> No, and it's so funny because uh, every time I would go into the Four Seasons dressing room, I would notice on Cable's dressing station, this book. And it was the Jersey Boys book. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like, where did you get this? I forget how, what he said that, you know, how he got it, but I was so jealous. I wanted this book. He got it from me, Tristan. He got it from you. And then lo and behold, I have my copy now. I'm like, every time I would go into the dressing room, I would just, I was so jealous. I was like, how did you get this book? You know, because it's, it just shows pictures from the original company and it actually has the whole script. The whole but you know, oh yeah, like the coolest thing. I mean and Come I am this girl. You know, on. like the yeah. it's just so I mean, this is just so cool, you know. Like oh my gosh. And so so randomly Howard messaged me and he was like, I have this book and I was like you have the book and he sent it to me, which I was so, thank you so much, Howard, truly. But let's, let's talk about, let's talk about Lorraine. Mm. Um, Let's talk about your girl, Lorraine, you know, talking about the amazingness of the creative team earlier and, you know, with Jess and everything. So the whole creative team was all about bookends and connecting moments, you know, you know, for example, you know, the, the, the high string during it's a sign, Tommy and the low string, during Nikki's exit from the group, you know, with all your talent, you won't even know I'm gone. Like Ron was like, hey, we wrote, we, I wrote that low string because the, the reason why he wrote that low string is because, so on Broadway, when the mics would come out from under the stage, the, the trap door would trip and there would make, there would be a loud boom. So they want, they didn't want to hear the loud boom. So Ron wrote that low string. And he was like, oh shit, let me bookend it in act one. And let me put, it's, it's the same note, just on a different, just like uh, now it's on a high high string instead of a low string. Or, you know, yeah. Frankie and Mary break up to the same song they got together to. But, yeah. and of course, you know, Dawn is heard almost each time we see Lorraine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. playing while they break up. So I don't know, I think uh, I, it's kind of like a backstory wow. question. You know, yeah. how, I, in, in like from, from your time with the show and your time sitting with this character, how sure was Lorraine of their shot to get out of the old neighborhood. And when do you think she made that decision to leave? When, you know, when she says, you know, I got to get off the merry-go-round. So like what, so like when, how, how how much was she sitting with it when she- Yeah, what I love about Lorraine is um, she's really career driven and she, she's very smart Um, and she, she's not relying on anyone. She's at the point where, well, she she's at an, a point in life, like the times are changing from the sixties where, you know, women were stay at home moms. And mm-hmm. she's, you know, in one of the breakdowns it's she's a young Diane Sawyer. And um, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. In the breakdown. I didn't realize that either, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's not Diane Sawyer, but she's considered <laughs> no, no, like, yeah, a, like young a young Diane young Sawyer. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously what I love about playing her is that she is the one who, you know, ultimately makes the decision to leave Frankie as opposed to Frankie in his ways with Mary and other women, you know, Lorraine sort of like, hey, this isn't working for me, you know, um, which is hard to do for anyone. But I think especially at a, as a woman, especially in that time, she was just like, this isn't working for me. Um, and so I think, 
I think in the packing scene, there's a huge shift and a realization when Frankie has the breakout of like, uh, what does he say? Yeah. yeah, he couldn't help himself. Because in that moment, it's like, not only are you defending him, but you're saying he couldn't help him. Like, she can't even wrap her head around everything that Tommy has done because she's just looking at it objectively. And she's actually looking out for Frankie, exactly. who she loves. Like, she's, she's, her only goal is to look out for him because ultimately his happiness is her happiness. I mean, we've all been in sort of relationships where like, you are responsible for your own happiness. And, you know, we both have to come together as one. And then that's where like, we can grow and blossom. But if you're not, you know, it's just, it's conflict. And so I think when he turns around and he's like, he couldn't help himself. He's, from my perspective, he's drawn a line of like, don't cross this line. Don't talk about and things she, you don't know about. Right. Yeah, and bro, she's, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh my gosh. I think that's where the oh my gosh is because it's a realization of- Francis, is that it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. You're never going to see this. We're never going to see eye to eye about this. And because this is such a big thing, it's not just like, hey, what detergent of law, you know, what, what detergent do we choose? It's a huge shift. It's kind of like, I think she's been numb a little bit of the back and forth with schedules. I think, you know, she's been gone, but she's been gone to fulfill career goals and it's made her equally as happy. And then he's been gone and there's, they've been playing this like game and then they're finally together. And it sort of is the, the lock box is open now. She's not numb anymore to it. She's just kind of like, this needs to be over because I need to move on. Yeah. I have other things that I, you know, in the best in the best possible possible intentions, she's just like, oh my gosh, I think that's the realization of I have to remove myself from the situation right. because this is going to be a constant for our entire life. And <clears throat> so then, oh my gosh, uh, oh my God, uh, Saint Francis, is that it? Uh, kind to animals. Yeah. And then there's this moment where she's sort of saying exactly how she feels which is like you're i thought you would get out of the neighborhood maybe we could oh gosh what's the line i thought if you can get out of the neighborhood maybe we have a shot and it's not necessarily out of the neighborhood it's literally like i thought you maybe it's revolved with the evolved with the times or i thought if you could i don't know get out of this I mean, he, it, it feels like Frankie is in a knot, you know, in, in the four seasons with the Tommy stuff. And it's just, you know, I thought if you can get out of the neighborhood, maybe we'd have a shot, but you're never going to get out. It's it, it what he, what, you're never going to come first is what it actually is. It's like my group is, my career is my group and my neighborhood and everything is going to be first. And I think it's, a moment of strength where Lorraine says, I'm never going to be first. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a huge ask to be put first in a relationship with someone you love. You know, I, I think, you know, it's kind of like, I'm done. I'm done taking the sidelines. Like I want, if you're, if, if I'm meeting you here, then I want you to meet me right in the middle so you know we've all been i mean i have certainly i don't want to speak for anyone else but relationships where they stop they start they're on they're off and then that moment at the end is just like i have to get off the merry-go-round because it's never going mm. to stop yeah and if i don't end it now and i don't make you understand that it's oh you know it's done then we're just going to keep doing this till forever and it's not going to go anywhere um and you know it's also i love the line but i also hate the line like it's no fun anymore mm -hmm. because it's so true it's like at what point in a relationship are you 
not happy anymore and it's not fun. Um, so it's kind of devastating, but it's really so real. And the writing is just so real. So, and it just happened so quickly too. It just happened so quickly. Everything in that, in that 20 minute section between stay and come on, Marianne just happens so quickly. Everything just falls apart and he's at his lowest point. He's no Neil Sedaka. And then (laughs) after that, he just like, everything just like kind of comes back together for him. You know, everything kind of rises from the ashes, but like that, that of course. Section, and like the, the, the fact that, you know, when, when they sing um, Bye Bye Baby, you know, when, when Frankie goes yeah. upstage and grabs the mic yeah. and everything, the tempo of the music speeds up because he's like, not, he's, not, he's on a merry-go-round and he's also on like this rocking ship that's rocking him back and forth. And, you know, he, he I, think, I think Lorraine, taught him that lesson that he really that he just needed you know like it's it's that na- it's the neighborhood uh, you know he's out of the neighborhood he doesn't live in newark anymore but it's the neighborhood right. reality from from what i understand though lorraine is a composite character you know there was no specific lorraine and i think rick ellis told me that a long time ago mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. L- lorraine was a composite there was no you know not not one specific person so you know that that's what I understand. But that was a long time ago. You know, maybe ten yeah. years ago, and we talked about that. I mean, I think before the scene, I'm always put in the place. I'm always prepped for the scene when Frankie sings, "You're the one girl in town I'd marry, girl I'd marry you now if I were free." Yeah. Because Lorraine knows that he loves her, but again, it's like, but he's you're not free. He's not free. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of perfect because it's just this sweet spot where you're with someone and you know how much you love each other, but it's just not working, which is so devastating because it's your mind versus your heart because you know that it's not working, but your heart is telling you something different. So yeah, it's it's very tender. You you know, the expression that, and, and come on, who says it? Um, this was a nice girl, you know. Yeah, and, Nick Massey. Nick Massey. Yeah, as if sort of opposed to Mary Delgado. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I wonder what the feeling of the original Mary was, the, the, the actual Mary was to that line. Well, which, which oh, is so interesting because, I mean, Mary... I, 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 you know, I'm not exactly sure that he was referencing Mary because... I think, oh, I think Mary, I think Mary, of course, when, when we talk about, you know, Nick and Mary and Frankie, like in conversation, we're always talking about the characters and not their real life counterparts. But so, I mean, Mary, <laughs> Mary, Mary Delgado in the show, I mean, she, she is a big reason why Frankie is who he is, is who, is who he is. Him. She shaped him. And so like, I think maybe a lot of the other girls who maybe just wanted Frankie for his money or for the stardom. I think the 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 re, I think a big reason why we only see relationships with Mary and Lorraine is because those are the two women that actually mattered that actually shaped okay. who he was. So maybe I, I, and, and this is just this is just what I think. Maybe when Nick was talking about that, when Nick was referencing maybe all the one night stands and all the six month flings. I mean, I, 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 is it outlined to you how long they were together? Lorraine and Frankie. Yeah, Lorraine and Frankie, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't think I know exactly how long they've been together. Probably, I'd say, a year or two. A year, a year yeah. or two. It's, it's definitely more than like those four month flings, and I think oh, that's yeah. what I was talking about. Um. Well, in so when you were studying Lorraine, did did you get a, a backstory? from her like diane sawyer um like is there anything anything else that was given to you there was not a lot given to me i mean a reporter diane so young diane sawyer um you know ahead of her time i mean i could pull up a breakdown if we if you want it was very short yeah let's see okay lorraine and others frankie's girlfriend educated, not from Jersey, a reach career girl, young Diane Sawyer. Not from Jersey. Mm -hmm. Not from Jersey. 
Yeah, not from Jersey, which just kind of is like, don't put an accent, which is just like the audition material. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot to go off of. Frankie's girlfriend, educated, not from Jersey, a reach career girl, young Diane Sawyer. Gotcha. Yeah. So well, when you were like just developing her for yourself, like, did you have to yeah. come up with anything else? Just to give yeah, uh, I think there was a lot of similarities just in that scene of things that have happened in my life. But um, I think that the the opening scene with Frankie is oh, there's a lot there because in the script, I don't know if you I don't know if you've seen the script, what's actually written. So um, there's a he asks. So she's kind of looking at him and, you know, in an interview you're the interviewer is always asking questions like there's never not a question being asked and so she's just sort of like looking at him and there's a pause if you notice I don't know if you've noticed but there's a pause and he sort of shifts and he's like anything else or I forget the line that he said what does he say he says like like, um, I think yeah yeah what else do you want to know yeah because it's like uh you're interviewing me which is like you the got anything else you want to hear yeah because <laughs> yeah, she because she's just looking at him and I think that that's really like I think she's just astounded because she's not from Jersey and so she doesn't know what B&E's are breaking and entering no playgrounds no after school programs I mean you have to think she probably grew up well off or you know well educate you know all of these things where she's looking at him like oh my gosh um very exotic and the whole story with his mom when and the laundry that she goes to the laundromat and just that that is so true of of you know italian family sometimes they're so stubborn and egotistic and prideful but um so right after he says anything else in the script it says um asking if he's married and then she says kids question mark yeah yeah so the subtext there the subtext of kids Uh literally the writer said she wants to know if he's married like you know because she's like oh my gosh because I think she's very respectful in the way which is all like character stuff where like she's not going to come on to a married man she's not going to come on to someone in a relationship she's you know she wants to set herself up for success maybe she doesn't want to start the relationship with a little bit of baggage I mean he has three kids but you'll notice that he says they're with my wife now exactly which is him specifically saying without saying we're not together I wonder if it's in this book wait, wait he says they're with their mother right they're with their mother now they're with their mother now what did I say they're with their what did I say? They're with my wife. I think, yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Whoopsie. They're oh, with no, my wife. They're with, they're with their mother now. Wait, I have to find it if it's here. I don't think it's here. I think it's in the Oh, original. Yeah, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Well, that, that's what Rick and Marshall are, were masters at. It's like writing in code. Exactly. You know? They totally wrote in code. Ah, there we go. Yep. So. They both, okay, so this is in the book, if you see it. Uh, So people think I'm the kind of son who makes his mother go to the laundromat. Lorraine laughing, can't win for trying, huh? They both, they look at each other, happy, smitten. So what else do you want to know? Lorraine, really asking, are you married? Kids, question mark. Three girls, period. They're with their mother now, period. She reacts. So she's asking, so in that moment, it's, we're on the same page. Cause I sort of put myself out there, but not really, you know what I'm saying? Like you have kids, normal question, but I'm really asking, are you married? And he responds the question, three girls, they're with their mother now. I'm not married. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, there's so many little tiny moments that are, nuance that has helped that have helped me with Lorraine but um yeah and 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 the more lighthearted, not pitying of Tommy when we interview but like the more I'm just kind of like oh you know riding on his train 
the more it gets a laugh at the, you know, you tutored him very well because it's just like. I never was married and David, so, you know, this is a nice girl. So it, it definitely was the implication of the opposite of Mary. Mm -hmm. I, I know I, de I definitely agree. I definitely agree with that, but, but it's, it's still very, I think it's still very much open to interpretation that because because I still feel that Mary was, she was, she was a nice, I mean, she was a firecracker. I completely agree. She wasn't a nice person. I mean, she, I mean, she was, she was dealing with the same, I mean, Lorraine yeah. was dealing with the Alcohol same bullshit. And exactly. And I mean, and, and I mean, I mean, they, they, they kind of almost have the same, they, they kind of throw the same words at him because Mary's like, you know, you have all these dates, you're, you're always out of town. And then Lorraine is like, I see you for, I see you for a week. I see you whatever. And then we, we don't spend any time together. Yeah. So it's, they, I think maybe it's referencing. I think, I think it's not referencing Mary as a person being not nice. I think it's referencing how the ending was so terrible. Right. And right. I think yeah. Uh, yeah. this was a nice girl yeah. also implicates this is a fresh start exactly. yeah. as opposed to how awful it was at the end of their relationship because of the hurt because he did love mary um and the three kids that they had together i mean gosh you know all of a sudden you're married you have three kids like you know that's a hard break from, from your from your perspective as lorraine i mean i guess we kind of talked about but like i guess like why couldn't why couldn't he why couldn't he keep a relationship? I mean, like, I think a, 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 a lot of musicians and a lot of, I mean, of course there's the temptation of the tour of whatever, you know, of, of a lot of the, 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 the things that happen on tour life and everything, but why, I mean. That's why, why Debbie. That's why you keep a relationship. Go ahead. I think that in the beginning, it was really fun, light, lighthearted. They were really enjoying each other's company. There was, you know, she was very career. She still is very career oriented. He was gone when they would, this is just my interpretation, but you know, when they would see each other, it was fun and lighthearted and they would laugh and enjoy each other's company. And then, you know, you get a year or two in and you're just kind of like, okay, well, what do I want? I need to start maybe seeing, like, where is this going? Sure. What do I want? Do I want to get married? Do I want to have kids? Do I want to settle down? Are we ready for that? Is this something I can see happening in the future? And so, you know, I think that they could have played this dance for a really long time, but I think she was starting to get tired of it. Yeah, I and think numb, like you said. Her yeah, I think her priorities might have shifted. Um, you know, how many, yeah. I mean, it, when there was no end in sight and he had X amount to pay back, mm -hmm. I mean, and the way he, yeah, yeah. the yeah. way he started to respond to her, I mean, he really does kind of scream at her yeah. to get his point across of, don't talk about things you don't know about. Uh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about, like things that don't make sense to her, yeah, you know, in the same way that CJ, in the same way that Bob Gaudio is like, we're digging a hole for ourselves or, or in the, in the scene, he's like, wait, we're taking his debt. Like, this is not, I'm going to knock on the, on your head. Like, this isn't making sense. We're going to work till we're in the grave, you know, but also like, you have to give it to Frankie. Who's like, Tommy brought me up. I'm going to stand by him. So I think there was a lot of like pros and cons in the relationship of Frankie is such a great guy. He's so loyal. He's, you know, he's working his ass off all of these good qualities. But then at the same time, you do have to take a look at yourself and, and ask yourself what you need, you know? Um, and that's, that's with any relationship that's with friends, with parents, sisters, boyfriends, girlfriends, lovers, you know, it's just like, you're an amazing person and I love you, 
but I can't disappoint myself and I need to stay true to what I want and what I need, you know? Otherwise, it's just like, I'm just supporting you from afar as like a mother figure, not as a partner in an equal relationship. Now, did you play Lorraine from the very beginning when you were in, with the touring group? Yeah, yeah, I was Lorraine in the beginning. You were Lorraine who sang Boyfriend Back. I know. The tracking all changed. Yeah. The tracking changed. But the tracking actually went back to what it was on Broadway. Yeah. Which was that the Francine played. Um, Francine, Francine. Francine did the boyfriends back. In real life, did the Four Seasons really ever tour with the Angels? I, I don't know that they did. Did they? I mean, I assumed that they opened for the Four Seasons at some point. Well, maybe they did. And you know that Peggy is nominated for a Grammy for Begging. You know that for writing yes, with the yes, audio. Yes, yes. Oh, his his his, his well, Bob's ex was from Madison's oh, oh. um, um Begin. Um, the newest Peggy? one. Who, who's Peggy? Peggy Santiglia. What what's her name? Um, of the Angels, the lead singer. Oh, did she write Begin? She wrote it. She got credit for it with Bob Gaudio, I believe. Yes. Yeah, look that up. Look that up. It, it is in, in uh, and I believe she interviewed with somebody about that. Yeah. Thank you, Howard. I had no idea. That's awesome. I don't know. We, we gotta get a post about that. That's awesome. Um, um, Len, I'm so sorry that you think that to to end it on on such like a a somber note about their breakup. Um, no, no. I think that like I think it's one of the most like real scenes in the show of just. You know, yeah. when you, I think, I think it's a scene that a lot of people can relate to. And when I, when yeah, I, a lot yeah. of people, a lot of people in the audience can relate to where like, if I, if I'm not really feeling in the moment before the scene, like, I just think someone in the audience is going through this or had gone through this. And like, all I have to think about is we've all been in situations, friendships, relationships where we're not, we're not first yeah yeah or we don't come first mm -hmm. when we are the ones putting exactly. them first exactly and, and there is and, a time yeah. where you have to let it go as you said that yeah you, know, you can go around one more time leave tomorrow or or whatever frankie says but yeah right 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 so huh. well I, I i will it's interesting I, I do always think about like so in the finale Frankie has three more kids, new marriage, and he plans to get it right this time. I always yeah. wonder how Lorraine would feel about that when she reads about it later, when she sees it. Like, but of course, she's how would I, yeah? But I wonder how she would react. I mean, me being Tristan, I'm sort of like, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. So I, I would probably infuse that with her and just say, mm -hmm. it wasn't the right time for us. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the right time for us, and. Who knows? Maybe she had a husband and a kid of her own at that point. No, I, 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 I think that's for sure. Definitely. Uh, that could, I, it's like, Ooh, yeah. like, you started as a dancer. Um, I, I started dancing when I was really young and, um, it's only helped me in my career to be able yeah. to do singing and, you know, to be able to do both sing, dance, act. Um, yeah, I love, I really love dancing. I really love it. Um, and it totally like, helped in the audition process because you do have to dance and you have to like move a lot in the show so they definitely um, look at your dancing but yeah I love dancing I started out as a dancer not really started out career-wise as a dancer I just started dancing first and then I got into singing lessons and then I joined a community theater and you know all of that stuff so it definitely stemmed out of dance and movement but um yeah yeah, that's awesome. Well, I wanted to see because I, I so when you auditioned like, for the, like, yeah. the dance call, you just want to learn the choreography. Um, so yeah. how has Sergio's choreography shaped you as a dancer? Oh, I mean, he is so freaking good. I mean, and you also, I'm sure you've seen Ain't Too Proud mm -hmm. too. Yeah, I mean, the dancing. I haven't, unfortunately. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, he's a genius. And also the way Des, um, you know, the the numbers on the clock in his, uh, mm -hmm. you know about that, right? I don't. Get on the clock. So Des, there are, so one. on the stage, Des and Sergio work together to make like <gasps> a clock. 
Oh, so that's why about that. Yeah, so that's why there are positions where the the four seasons are facing upstage, which is twelve, downstage with which is six. Then they're on different angles throughout the show, and it's just like it's genius because wow. it's just really fun. And so that's why you know in certain dance numbers they're dancing on an angle on let's say they're dancing on eight. And other dance numbers, they're on the other angle on like a four. It's just kind of crazy. So, uh, yeah, his dancing has been his dancing is so awesome. You know, um, the boyfriend's back is so uh, iconic. timeless, yeah. iconic, like totally in that '60s pocket. He does a really good job of that. I mean, the Four Seasons dancing, "Who Loves You," it's so simple, but it's just what the audience wants. You know, it's like the element of surprise it's when we come downstage during who loves you um do 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 when we're clapping and then we like take an extra step downstage so we're closer to the audience like we always get like a woohoo like it's just what the audience wants and uh you know say soiree la is just so fun to do um it's really it's really wonderful has anyone have you ever seen have you ever watched anyone walk out during Cesuar? No. Thank God. No, I haven't. But it is sort of that weird, like, out. what are we doing? We're doing, is this French? Like, where are we right now? Is this, is this the season? Honestly, that's how I felt with the Phantom of the Opera, too. I saw it for the first time on Monday. And I'm like, what is wow. this scene before everything? It's like, just start, just start with the, like, just, just do the right. six, but, six, four, then. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> But it does make when the four seasons come down, it's like uh, that's it. I mean, they always get an applause because yeah. it's just oh my gosh, you know. Incredible. So. Yeah. So sorry. But, um, yeah. Anyway, I think this is a perfect place to wrap up. Yeah. Thank um, you to Tristan. Thank you so much for having me. For thank coming you. on, everyone, go see Jersey Boys at North Stages, fiftieth and eighth. Get your tickets. There's a two for one going on for Valentine's Day. Right. There's still some. Well, I guess I, through March. Yeah. So something. when this comes out, you'll still probably have your chance to get you get you know get some good price tickets. See Tristan. See the entire cast. Kill it every single night. And Tristan, thank you You're so wonderful. much. Thank You're you amazing. so much for taking the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Howard, thank you. Oh, and thank you. My God, I learned so much. I must have seen Jersey Boys well over 50 times. But I've learned wow. so much from you, Tristan, really. And from you guys. I'm so course. glad. But, um, but thank you. Thank and you. Let me ask you, does the book um, have the... I, I do have a copy of the exact script that was written by Marshall and, um, and Rick. And I've never compared the two, whether the book has the entire script or... But I do have it. So, it looks like the book has the whole script. It looks like okay, it. Okay, and I have my autographed copy. I wonder if that's going to be worth anything now. I have it by yes. Frank. Oh, yeah. Oh. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Dubby. <laughs> I don't know, Dubby. Let's, let's see. I had to wait in line for that one. Wow. But yeah, of course. Uh, it's very valuable. Yeah. Make them so much anymore. But I know. Anyway, um, enjoy. <laughs> Tristan, have a great show tonight. See you. Thank you so much. Bye, guys.